Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are joining me from. I hope you guys are well and having a good week. As always, you know the drill. You are now listening to Homegirls Unite. Please do not listen to this podcast whilst cooking, cleaning, or doing any child-related activities. I nearly forgot my line then, gosh. Um, But yeah, hope you guys are well. Thank you for joining me. And I have another guest today. Um, I'm really happy to be having guests because I don't have to rumble on my own. And um, But yeah, I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, Raha. How are you? Hi, Yasin. I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the invite. Oh, as always. Um, what? Yeah, let, tell us a little about yourself. Um, how, how many siblings do you have? Um, how's eldest daughter life going for you? I have um, three younger siblings. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the older I get, the more I realise how difficult it's getting. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think it gets like that, especially... Are you living at home? Yeah, so the circumstance is I am actually living at home and yeah. I can share a room with my youngest, um, despite the decade, well, 11 <laughs> years of difference. So it's yeah. a bit tough, a teenager and a whole adult. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um has has moving out been something that you hoping to do or is is it not in your plan yet because I know like a lot of elders daughters have been pausing it due to the whole cost of living crisis and uh, um, shambles of the property and renting market um what's that been like for you so only last year I started to think about moving out just on the basis that I recognise it's like the healthiest decision I can make mm. for my own sort of sanity and my own sort of just the lifestyle that I'm imagining for myself. Yeah. And you're right, the cost of living crisis is is such a vicious reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have friends earning really good money still flat sharing with with other people. Um, and that's not a sort of an issue. I don't mind flat sharing with friends. Yeah, but it's yeah. just, you know, even just introducing the idea to my parents is already it's scary. I've already done that, but was shut down with such with such anger. Um, yeah. and what, what um sorry to interrupt. What did you why did you think that was like what was their reasoning behind you not moving out if any it just goes back to cultural traditions really um it was simply like the idea that I would move from my dad's house and this is word for word by the way this isn't something that it's not my understanding it's their understanding it's yeah you're a woman um the only way you'll leave your father's home is to go to your husband's home um you know it's traditional for that to happen and that's the only way you're going to ever, you know, move out. And I just said, but I, but I didn't consent to this cultural tradition. Like, I don't, I don't agree with it. You know, I don't see it in my life. I don't understand this whole idea of the only valid reason, the only celebrated reason I get to leave is not because of me and how I feel and how, how much I need it, you know, how much I need the space and how much distance is so essential for us to actually get a better relationship it's simply go from one man's home which is obviously my father which is so valid but then go to another man's home it's 
it's it's it's not the lifestyle that I imagine myself. I think I need a period of time in my life where I need to be by myself, where I can really forge who I am without having these external sort of identities come to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I completely so, I completely get it. I think it's just like you want that in between of your own space and learning who you are as an individual rather than going from A to B and everything being around a male figure in your life. First, that being your dad and then your partner, future partner, if you decide to get married. It's like, it just brings back that whole cultural, um, like male dominance and like how the double standards are because a lot of our brothers are not expected to do this. I 100% agree. I think that's that's so right. I know a lot of like um, women have obviously moved out for uni and stuff like that. But I think it's only, and you know, I got told, you know, move out for a job and, you know, get some sort of valid reason. But it's like, surely my own choice is a valid reason in itself. Surely my own, um, you know, I think, I think one thing I learned from therapy is trusting my inner voice. And I think when you grow up with, my kind of parents who are incredible parents in a sense but who've obviously had behaviors that have obviously influenced how I am as an adult and one of them is we know better than you you know we're your mom and dad we can make the best decisions for you so growing up as an adult I struggled to make the best decisions for myself and then finally I found that voice right I found that kind of that adult voice that says you know, this is the best decision for yourself, whether it's moving out, whether it's this job, whether it's that. And I gain that confidence, you know? Yeah. And I simply know, like, in my heart, deep down, I know that having my own space and having my own, just waking up in the morning, it's literally the simple things, you know, parents think we're going to wild out and maybe that's 25% of the reason. <laughs> maybe that's a little part of the reason, but genuinely it's waking up and not having those immediate pressures, those expectations every single day dawning on you. It's daunting. Yeah. And it's just removing myself from that environment. And I know it's the best decision for me. And so when they say, actually, cultural um, conventions take precedence over you. Yeah. It crushes me. It says, you know, you're riding out for cultural conventions and you're not riding out for me. You know, yeah. you're not trusting me as an adult. So I'm 25 now. I'm turning 26 in a couple of months. And it's like simple lifestyle decisions that adults need to make that works for them doesn't apply to the eldest daughter from my yeah. cultural background and that breaks my heart and it it makes me feel a bit humiliated because why can't I not make this decision for myself and I will you know and I think that's the terrifying bit when you know you're gonna do that and it's like what will happen will I be estranged from my parents for a while what's what's going to happen and and, and yeah, um, it's a lot of many sort of factors accumulate into that. And it's like, sometimes you're not in the most right mental state. You know, I'm, I'm a bit fragile and vulnerable at the moment, you know, with the cost of living crisis and just a bunch of other things. I'm kind of hopeless about this situation. And it's like, I don't want this feeling to last to the point where I cannot make that decision. Yeah, I, I completely second that. And you know, the thing that makes it even worse is, um, I think we discussed in last week's episode, is that when your parents look at you, they see you as an adult 
in in the sense that they expect you to have all these responsibilities in the household of or you can help take care of their kids you can run their households do all these things but then when on the flip side when you want to move out and do grown up things that you're well capable of without needing to be married to do so then they want to start bringing like the cultural and all the other things in it and i think that's the most frustrating part for a lot of elders daughters because it always goes back to prioritizing everyone else's needs above your own and making sure that everyone is good and everyone is comfortable but when it comes to looking at your own comfort and needs everyone just dismisses it and telling you to wait till you're married some people don't want to get married some people don't want to um be in like long term relationships and I, i think they never factor that and that goes back into traditions and culture and or you're just expected to get married you're just expected to wait till you're done with your um dad's house to move into your husband's house so your your frustrations definitely make sense and you you talked about your inner voice being a, a reason for you to make um better decisions for yourself how has that manifested within the household oh it's um it's it's terrible <laughs> it's really bad as in the reaction to it it's almost like an offense that i get to choose you know um it's it's caused a lot of issues um yeah it's um but even from on my end i've become more how do we say um quite uh, like not uh, bold i think i think like i reached a point where i'm like i've just simply had enough like you cannot you cannot like follow me down the corridor and ask me what i'm wearing all the time you can't critique uh, my fashion sense before i leave and ruin my day you know you can't call me and tell you know you can't see me getting ready and already ask when am i going to come back you know let me have my spontaneous evening with my friends it's these basic things and i've just become more like bold and said can you just not ask me these questions can you just and it's and it's created like obviously like a rift it's like they've expected me to change like we're allowed to ask you these questions and it's like sure but you've been asking them since i was 16 and now it's 10 years later and you're still interrogating me you know it comes across as an interrogation and it's almost like how dare you know what you want to do and how to do it you know and i think it's the same thing with my conviction with moving out you know i introduced the idea to my dad and he said so you would move out and leave us you know it was immediate sort of abandonment you're going to go you're going to leave um and where are we going to fit in this new lifestyle that you imagine for yourself and i thought but even if, like if i move out on my own as in like without this idea of moving into a man's house surely i would have more time for you than moving in with a man and having to deal with in-laws and the new marriage lifestyle you know it just didn't yeah. make any sense to me where my dad was saying it's more valid for you to move into a man's house but surely i'll be more busy because he was saying you would leave us you would never have time for us but if i move out solo um i'll be here all the time in the sense where i won't be busy with in-laws and a man and possibly kids i don't know but it was just like a loophole like his argument or his his conviction and the only way you'd move is through a man it just didn't make sense cuz his needs weren't still being met if that makes yeah. sense yeah and i think that this is what makes me think that it's not really about them 
like their needs being met. It's more about the whole facade and image of, oh, my daughter's married. She's living with a man. She hasn't moved out beforehand or before her time to, you know, be doing whatever. It always goes back to how judgments um, are going to come towards them and how they're going to get judged by their friends or their community. And I think that's what makes it annoyingly fake because it's like, okay, it's not really that you kind of care whether I'm actually in a stable place, in a stable home. It's more that you want me to get married so your friends or your family, extended family can be like, oh, you know, he's married his daughter off. She's now living with a man. You know, you're not just living out there doing whatever. So I completely feel like they use that whole conversation of um, you'll have more time for us because, like you said, you'll have more time for them if you lived on your own. You wouldn't have as much time if you're running at another household or being a wife or whatnot. So hopefully in your fight to move out this is something that you can really stand your ground on when the time comes and when the time is right and hopefully you'll be able to move out without as little with as little conflict as possible um do you have brothers uh yeah i have i have brothers i have two brothers how how is how is the dynamic between how your parents treat your brothers versus how the girls are treated um it's like it's almost like parents unravel as they get older um or maybe i just didn't see it you know i think i was i I was quite like feminist since i was possibly like 11 or 12 and i restarted like reading the classics like back in the day so my parents always knew like I was that just that feminist sister you know and that feminism sort of like not diluted but it just became a bit more flexible you know and I began to focus on other things and and I had simply thought my parents were on the same wavelength you know maybe you don't agree with me but you understand me right so it's offensive to me when they unravel and the the basic sort of like just the sexist double standards comes out so blatantly and I'm thinking this is utterly insane like surely my education has been your education at some point you know surely we're on we were on the same page here or like even if you were a couple of pages behind but no they're reading a whole other book it's 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 almost like a whole other world and and I'm just there like what have I been doing all this time yes I've been educating myself but surely my family understood that this can't run but it does it does almost every day, you know, and as much as I want my siblings to live their best life, you know, I don't, I don't, and I never use, I try not to use, like, my siblings as an example when I'm arguing with my parents, but this idea that, obviously, my parents still don't like it, they don't like this whole staying out till late, la, 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 just from a, I don't know, they didn't really grow up like that, so they won't, but they will allow it for the boys, you know, and my brothers are adults as well, so, I want that for them and they also sort of experience some kind of like anxiety with my parents' persistence and stuff but fundamentally they still can leave and still come back and the consequences they face is not as as brutal as I would yeah you know? 
Mm. Um, and that's what that's what gets me. I'm the oldest. I'm arguably the most responsible. I've I've travelled extensively. You know, um, before my parents claimed that we lost trust, I travelled to China even by myself. You know, to see my yeah. cousin who was there. You know, and then after some kind of level of trust was broken because of certain things, and you know, I won't get into that right now, but. It's almost as if they need to rein me back. They're like, oh, we kind of let let her, you know, go out a bit too much and do a bit too much. And now it's time to, you know, introduce her back into the household and get her to. And it's like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? You know, and it's almost like they did me a favor. You know, we've let you done this. So surely now you're satisfied. And it's like, it's not about satisfaction. And it's not about whether you're letting me or not. So yeah. I said it's about the freedom. Right. And it's this freedom that is. It's supposed to be guaranteed for every single individual and not, you know, um, like taken and given and according to like good behavior. Like I'm not a child. Yeah. I'm, I'm an adult now and this is what I want and this is the life that I want to live. So when I see my brothers sort of enjoying their night or not being like their line isn't being bowled all the time. It's like I would love that kind of um, relaxing um, relationship. Mm hmm. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's never, it's, it doesn't happen. And it, and it yeah. just makes me really, I'm not even angry. I'm just sort of like mortified about how I'm just, I think it's, I think it's embarrassing. Yeah. I, think, I think it's so embarrassing. And I think it's just, it's just humiliating to me. You know, it just reinforces the idea that you, it's like, you know, I said this to my dad, I said to him, when I'm outside, I'm a professional, you know, I've got these jobs, I'm doing this. I'm, but then when I come home, I'm infantilized. But I'm yet, I'm expected to do so much. Like, you're confused. Even as a woman, you're just like, what do you actually want from me? You want this professional me out there smashing it, getting my degrees, blah, 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 blah. When I come home, you want me, you want me to be like, I don't know how to describe it in my language, but like a, how do we say it? Um, like a really smart woman, you know, she could do the housework, but she's also like studying and she's, she's got it all. But yeah. the second that woman utters something that is outside of those, those supposed boundaries that are set for her by, by, by traditions that she didn't even consent to, by traditions that are like centuries old, mm -hmm. usually stifle women anyway. All of a sudden she is, um, she is like, she's snake. She's a snake, basically. She's threatening the values. She's, and I get this told all the time. My mom would come up to me and she would say, how dare you do this? You're th you're going to break down the family. You're threatening yeah. the family. You're threatening our values. You're threatening this. She would, she would throw all of this on me. And then once I realized she's actually just very dramatic, um, mm -hmm. I, I just went on with what I was doing at the moment and fundamentally nothing happened. Like nobody died. Literally. Nobody had a stroke. Nobody had a heart attack. The family is intact um, in, in the same way it was before. My siblings are fine. Um, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you have to go on with it as an oldest daughter. Like you have to realize they're not going to die. They're literally not going to die. No matter how much I threaten you with their physical health, and I, and I get told that. I always said you're going to give your, going to give your dad a heart attack. Do you know how awful it is to you're just mind your business? Pardon, Yasin. I said it's really awful to say that to someone as a as a way of manipulating them into doing what what they want what you want like saying oh your dad could have a heart attack because of your behavior it's like no my behavior is not the problem you guys acting like this towards me 
is the problem and the fact that they can do they can let your siblings have that freedom without much this disruption shows that they are capable of doing it it's just they choose not to do it with you 100 percent, 100 percent, and it's and you know the, the reasons in a sense are valid like like if you see them by themselves without the context of like how everything runs right you're a woman obviously it's a bit more dangerous for you to be outside I get it you know that's understandable but it's it's the fact that I have been outside and stuff still yeah like it's not a valid reason in enough for me to be stifled to this end you know there comes a level of protection but there comes a level of um just lazy protection where it's like you blame other factors in 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 the root of you upholding cultural conventions that you agree with i.e in this in this conversation my parents um they agree with these cultural conventions um and therefore i have to agree with it just on the basis that i'm a woman you know you're a woman this is what women have to do it's too it's too simple for me it's too and it's not even like hey i want to stay out till 5 a.m like it's not it's not that you know it's obviously some women want that and that's so fine that's so valid you know maybe to have that nightlife experience I don't know what each and every woman wants but it's even just the spontaneity like I mentioned of the evening you're going out with your friends whatever the night takes you you just want to enjoy it right you want to make those memories with your friend you've got your film camera you're taking photos whatever why do every other night I experience this like dread inside me I'm rushing home it's like you deep it, you're like, whoa, I'm a grown adult and I'm running about like stressed out. I might get the silent treatment tomorrow. I don't know. La da da da. But I think now when I mentioned just going back full circle about just being more bold, I'm trying to restrain myself from panicking and just trying to calm down and be like, you've like, it's not that deep. Like they can wild out but what about you? You won't get this night again with your friends or you won't get this day with your friends or that housework can wait. Do you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I had, I had a, I had a, I realized it's like the older your parents get, yes, the more conservative they get, the more they unravel, but the more they become childlike in a sense mm-hmm. where when they don't get what they want, they literally throw tantrums. And if you replace their wording, if you take out their, exactly what they're saying and put it on a child, you'd say that's a tantrum or that's a child just, you know, doing X, Y, Z for attention. It's the same behavior, you know? Um, And you realize that about your parents and you're like, although that's so sad to see and you kind of want to, like sometimes I'm like, I really just want to hug you and just make sure you're okay (laughs) because fundamentally it's not that deep. Like for you to just be so panicky and dramatic over, over this. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, hello, <laughs> you're an adult, like, just get over it. And they actually do get over it, but they do throw it back in your face down the line anyway. Um, it's true. It's, yeah. um, it's. I feel like uh, we end up parenting our parents. We get to that point where we we become their parents. It's like it never ends. We parent our siblings, then we have to parent our parents. And then we have our own kids, then we have to parent them as well. So it's like the parenting never ends. And I think to for me, like you said, the whole panicking when like maybe your phone flashes or honestly, I used to have really 
bad heart palpitations every time like I saw my dad's name pop up on my phone because I'm just dreading what's at the other end of the phone and it got to the point where I will just put my phone on do not disturb whatever consequences that I have to face I'll happily face them later but for now I want to have fun with my friends so that's what I'm going to do and I think the more you do that they actually start to realize that listen she's not a child she's capable of looking after herself and she can do what the hell she wants and then there's I think there's a difference between being protective and being controlling you can tell you can talk to your child about the dangers of like being out on their own like at late hours etc but stopping them from going out to stop them from being hurt is not the way forward because either way they're going to be outside the house one way or another you can't keep people cooped up at home it's just tell them in a way and like educate them on safety etc I think there are definitely a lot of our parents are more on the control side rather than the protective side and it's a shame because um we ourselves we know and are aware of the dangers that we face as women outside so it's not like we're oblivious to these things so making us to look like or oh, we don't know what's going on um doesn't help the situation and it makes you not want to trust them either because if someone doesn't trust me I don't really want to trust you either and then it brings up like strains within parent-child relationships that's that's kind of what I've experienced a hundred percent I hear you um the whole thing you know like you said you you start to parent them in a way and it's and it's like you know the reality that they possibly won't change as well and also you still want them to know like your boundaries sorry the train is just I've looked at the tracks. Let me just close that. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so you're trying to reparent them, but also sometimes they're just like, just shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> they're like, stop <laughs> treating me like a child. I'm like, no, 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 I'm just explaining to you. that. Like, no, you're being patronizing. And it's like, no, 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 but you need to know that this is how it's affecting me and you need to stop doing it. And it's like, why would you tell me I'm your parent? I'm the one who raised you. I'm the one who did this. And it's like so true, but yes, I'm still your child, but now I'm an adult child. Like, your parenting has to evolve, you yeah. know? But they, and I think, oh, there's so many things you can, like, un, like detect from this. It's like, depending on your family, like, we, we, my parents came from a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, immense poverty back where they're from. We're obviously first generation as well. It's not like they were... Um, you know, my grandparents were here and there was a kind of like a trial, a trail, sorry. Yeah. Of, of the family, you know, of generations. We are, I'm literally first generation. So there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> but, you know, my parents come from a scarcity mindset and I'm I'm pretty like, I like to spend my money. I'm a, like a luxury kind of woman, high maintenance, whatever that means, et cetera, for different people. Yeah. It's almost like you cannot look too good. You know, I remember my mom telling me like, don't put too much makeup. You know, lipstick is a bit looked down upon from where I'm from so you know I'll apply my lipstick on the lift yeah on the block <laughs> or you know um you can't go out too much in the week like what you, why do you need to be out and about 
you know and it's like they're applying village mentality and i don't say village in terms of like oh i'm from the diaspora and we come from the village no literally yeah my father is from a village so and i've been to that village i go often to where we're from so i so almost as if he applies the cultural codes to big big london and i'm like how <laughs> how does this make sense sir? it doesn't <laughs> I, do this to me. <laughs> I completely i completely like get what you mean and it's just like in in my country in gambia we have this saying like you're so local like if you you're not with the times like you're still stuck in local um ways of doing things and i feel like that's kind of the same context um when it going looking into the whole kind of being policed into like how you look like etc would you say the same is similar as to how you dress um, is that something that's policed a lot in your house? So for context, <clears throat> I used to wear hijab okay. right, since I was maybe 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at 21, I just, you know, I don't know if anyone listening understands the pressures and stuff like that. Like to the point where removing it was like, well, for me personally, it was one of the best decisions I've made for myself. The repercussions of the decision upon my family wasn't the same. Um, and so, anyway, that's the context. So, or even with hijab, I was very much heavily policed as well. Um, even trying different hijab styles, it was very like, you know, your hair like this or your neck like this. It was constant. It was constant. It was constant. It was constant. Like every single day, a comment, no matter how like small the comment is, it still happened. And it just, it was horrible those years, you know. And then at 21, I, I took it off without them knowing. So I spent about a year or two just kind of double living at like a double life in that kind of regard. Um, and then finally, I had the bravery and the courage to just actually have a conversation with them and ask them, um, not ask them, sorry, just let them know <laughs> um, what the situation was, etc. And they were heartbroken. They were utterly heartbroken. And I understand that my parents are. I wouldn't say conservative. You know, there's people who are conservative just for image, but my parents are genuinely like, like, mashallah, they're very like religiously um, connected, you know, yeah. um, in, in such a wonderful way, you know, and, and so am I. Um, they're not that kind of like intensely or overtly. They're very like humble sort of religious individuals, you know, and I've always respected that for them. So now that I don't wear it, it's almost like, you know, you're stepping on eggshells all the time. And I wouldn't say the way I currently dress is is modest and I, I don't I don't I don't hide that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't say, oh no, it's fine. Like I'm just doing my thing right now and I just need everybody to just mind their business, <laughs> including uh, my parents. But I understand why they police and I'm sick of it. Like truly at my core, I'm so sick of it. And it's constant accusations. It's like you're gonna take off that top when you leave and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. And it's like, just leave me alone. Just really just leave me alone. It's as long as you're under their roof, they're entitled to just commenting consistently. And at one point, it just gets like, you just want to scream back. And I do, I do. I say, you know, that's enough. Thank you. Like, I don't really engage in the conversation when it comes to clothing. But it really just makes my skin crawl all the time. Like, I don't, I've never really spoken overtly about it. So 
I don't know what adjectives to use with you to explain, but it's it's almost like a dread. Like every time I'm getting dressed, I'm like, oh, they're gonna say something, and mm-hmm. I don't really get to dress fundamentally how I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that, like, I'm still leaving with their criteria. Yeah, I don't want I don't want the problem. I don't want the problem. And I know some people are like, yeah, but it's really not that deep. It's just dress, like, and it's your parents, and it's like. When, when you're like me and you take fashion seriously or like you take dressing up seriously it's like a major part of yeah. who you are and you know you you genuinely enjoy it yeah when you don't enjoy it it's like what can I really have what can I really have now I'm going out you're gonna bell my line I can't dress how I want why you just give me the stress when I come back you're gonna question me the next morning you might not even talk to me because of how late it came but also like I can't you know one time I cried at a restaurant because my mum was like, why haven't you told me you're going out for dinner? Why haven't you asked your dad you're going out to dinner? And I was crying at this restaurant, one of my favourite restaurants with my friends. And it's like, these little things, why do they happen? Why are you trying to make aspects of my life so miserable? And then again, like how you said, sometimes you just put your phone on, do you understand? Know, sometimes I block my mum. I just block yeah. my mom. <laughs> guys, no one is above getting blocked. <laughs> why are you making me miserable on my phone? like (laughs) imagine paying for your phone for someone to come and stress you on it very mad (laughs) and when I get home I just unblock her you know and and it like those couple of days when I did it and I think she clutched she's like why is my number not going like why is my calls not going through and I was just like oh I don't know maybe I was on the train I don't know she's like did you block me I was like I really don't know you know, I wasn't ready to tell her that was my tactic. Because why are you belling my line? Like, I'm so tired of it. I talk, it's, you know, and it took me a long time for me to be like, I'm not asking you for permission. I'm simply going out. Yeah. That was such an offensive. She was like, how dare you? That's your dad, you know? That's your dad. Sometimes it's women that just uphold the male dominance. And- I was about to ask you, because um, I feel like sometimes women are part of the whole patriarchy and misogyny business um because i've also noticed when we talk to older generations of immigrant women eldest daughters they're always confused as to why we're fighting this fight um and why we just don't accept it and roll over how how was your like how's your mom in terms of supporting you why clearly it's not been great is she an eldest daughter? Has she had this kind of pressure put on her? And does she just accept it and move forward? So mum is not eldest daughter. Um, she came from a huge family, actually. Loads of loads of daughters. I think I think from a from a religious perspective, um, it's this idea that um the men are the qawameen of the women. Like that kind of that that phrase. I don't know if it's a hadith. I don't know if it's an ayah. I honestly can't tell you. I can't remember. Um, so she she agrees with that. Um, but I think also it's just it's just how it always is in in our culture as well. Like, and I don't I don't know why she no. She's always been anti. She's definitely she's always been anti. Every time we had like a talk about like women and stuff like that, we like we just would have a screaming match or something yeah. we wouldn't um we wouldn't agree we would even now like she'd be like I, I don't want to talk to this about you 
I don't I don't want even the aspects of her behavior in the past and like decisions that she's made I would argue they're very feminist decisions standing up to my dad and certain things have been very feminist of her Mm. but I think but I think because those things have come to me naturally like I don't have a man in my life that I'm listening to if that makes sense I don't have a husband that is telling me oh work or do not work kind of thing like her battles have not been my battles yeah my battles are more like the the choice to be able and I and I know in Islam like this idea of will and choice is different because essentially when we submit to certain stuff is we're submitting fundamentally to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why people would argue that we can't have this idea of choice because fundamentally we don't have choices because the main the main submissive um Sorry, it's sort of the main thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can't choose not to wear a headscarf because you're not actually choosing to. You just have to do it for God, right? Even though yeah. it's so much more complex than that um, and so much more um, nuanced than people are making it to be like black and white. Islam is never black and white in that regard. Anyway, so mom has never... So I think they're just scared. I think they're just scared. Like, where are you going with this ideology? Like, will this ideology prevent you from getting married? Will this, it's like they have a criteria for their kids. She's done uni, she's done this. Now it's time for her to get married. Even though I've never had the pressure of marriage. Like I know some cultures are more pressured in that regard. But for me, I think I've had like, I've had so many opportunities and so many phases in my life, which my parents have supported. But it's almost like, but the problem that I have is almost when they realize that they want to rein it back in, right? You've done everything or like you've done X, Y, Z. Now it's time. Like, surely you're satisfied. Surely you can come back in now and just calm down. Like, why are you wilding out? Why are you in your 20s? And it's like, I never had, a like, a wild stage in my teens. So when they say, why are you wilding out now? It's like, hello, you you were so controlling in my teenage years. I never really had the typical teenage reactions to things. So now, yeah. obviously, in my 20s, and I think I would argue that exploring these things in my 20s is much better than exploring it in my teenage years because I'm more... I'm more calm, I'm more adult-like, so I can safely just do things, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, back to your question. Yeah, mum is not is not particularly not encouraging. <laughs> My parents are very much a team, so we don't have this thing where I can go to one parent and get them to, like, help me with the other parent. Yeah. My parents are very much a team. Yeah, they, like, have their own issues within themselves, but when it comes to, like, how they would make decisions based on us, they are together. <laughs> they I mean, are that has its pros and cons, right? Right. That exactly. they have such a solid foundation within their um, marriage. Um, that's really nice to see. But then that doesn't help us <laughs> when yeah. we're trying to like get one on side or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But how? So you you've been how you've been going to therapy, right? I used to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your has therapy been something that you ever brought up to your parents? To my mum, yes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. She she knew I was. She didn't know what it was for, and I wasn't very out like open about it. Like I wasn't like, oh, by the way, uh, I'm seeing a therapist next week. It was more like when I was in therapy, like I, I just kind of dropped it to her, um, and she she comes from a psychotherapy background anyway but I think her main identity when it comes to our relationship is mother and it's not therapist or something like that if that makes sense yeah yeah Um, so I remember I used to be like to her but you're a therapist like surely you should know that this is 
but no it's like it's like almost a different person she'll be like no I'm your mum so I'm gonna be mum like I'm not gonna use so anyway it's it's that's a whole other issue but mm. um yeah I I love therapy so much I did group therapy mm-hmm. I did individual therapy and I did another therapy that was about an entirely different situation but I did do like a person-centered therapy about my family yeah um, I remember my therapist just saying um just it was just about getting me to trust my gut and trust my inner voice yeah um and and just be like you know what you want in life and you know and even if you don't know have the space to make mistakes but oh, with okay. family, we don't we don't believe in that well my my parents don't believe in mistakes um they're like how why would you make mistakes when you know your boundaries why yeah. would you make your mistakes when you know what's wrong and what's right um and it's because one time I said to them, I said to them, I wish you were parents that allowed me to just make my mistakes and still be a safe place for me to come back to, but you're not. Yeah. And they ended up throwing that, that back at my face all the time because I think they're scared. What I mean by mistakes, they mean like sexual exploration. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always like, oh, she's trying to get pregnant or yeah. she's going to do just yeah. the most. Like, yeah. I remember when I was in like high school my dad would always have like at least every couple of months on how having a baby is like the worst thing I could do having a baby without having kids and it just it actually put so much fear in me of like I feel like if I did anything my parents would be okay but if I brought a baby home or like did some crazy stuff then I'm done out here and it's like you're probably thinking along the mistakes of you know maybe trying a new job or trying something like a, being a creative or something minor like that but there you know like i feel like they like to think of the worst case scenario and bring that to the table that's literally what they do i think so as well i think and this is not to say that um like mistakes means just exclusively like safe things like jobs and stuff like that like I I truly believe like even if like a Muslim woman made um sort of a decision let's say because because we're adults now and I think and I think like sex and relationships and stuff like that is such a it's such a obviously a controversial topic but we have to be aware that some Muslim woman would make actively like active decisions to go and explore that and framing it as a mistakes kind of it's mad yeah I think it's because of their generation as well because to me like if my friend came to me and was like oh I'm gonna have a child outside marriage I'll be like cool like anti-duties are starting but I think because of the generation that we've grown up in we're very much more open-minded and I don't think our parents are very open-minded and that's why they kind of try to project those fears onto their kids. A hundred percent agree with you and I think you're so right like if if I had a situation in which one of my friends was like you know what I'm gonna I just really want to actively like explore like my sexuality and stuff like that obviously there will be a moment in which you know you want her to make the best decision for herself and you want to remind her of like you know her some aspects of her boundaries but not use those boundaries to be like shame her do you know what I'm saying but reminding is always good but I think at some point you just have to be like cool 
all right, that's what you want to do, cool, like, I'll, I'll be here kind of thing, or if somebody got pregnant, it's like, straight up, let's, let's find the best solution for you, there's no abandonment, there's no shaming, there's no, um, removing yourself from the situation, there's no, um, there's no kicking them out, do you know what I'm saying, there's no, none of that, if yeah, we, like you said, the older generation would perhaps do instead, or we want to, we want to contain the situation, we want to create a safe containment, you know, we don't want to abandon, we don't want to hurt, Exactly. And I think I think you're absolutely right. It's it's like we as um children of immigrants, I think our parents kind of think that oh these people just do things without thinking, but they actually don't give us enough credit for the amount of responsibilities and how level headed we are. Because like you said, if a friend was to come and say she wanted to explore um, her sexuality or whatever, you would you would have a word and be like, listen, do you but be safe. Make sure that whatever you're doing is for, um, the best for you. But I think, I don't think they think we do those things. I think they just think that we're all the same, like, you hear one thing and just run with it without really thinking twice about it if you if any parents are listening let's tell you we'll tell you this for free we're actually not mad like you think we are we're actually very <laughs> responsible we've raised we've we've literally raised your children for you so i think we can make decisions away from you and not put our lives and um, friends lives at risk um so yeah, um, my final question is, um, if like, how has it been setting those boundaries with your parents? Because your parents seem very um, strong-headed and seem like they stand their ground in everything. And you also seem like you're standing your ground. How has that been for you? You're so right. Um, they are very strong-headed and, and stubborn, I might add, as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, which, you know, bless them, you know. I mean, it, it's it's obviously, like, something that they're working as a team properly. And, and I think they're coming, you know, they are genuinely coming from an Islamic perspective and wanting to protect me. And I get it. I really, I really do get it. But it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't feel like I'm being protected. I feel like I'm being shamed and shunned. And obviously, it's like I'm also grappling with my religious identity. Yeah, and I definitely believe Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is much more merciful and much more understanding um, than anybody else in my life. So, so I think that's what gives me a little bit of of hope in that regard. But you're, you know, there are period, there are months where we don't talk. Yeah, there are months where, like, even currently now, me and my mom are not talking because she you know I was going out to meet friends and she said you didn't tell me and I said I did I told you I'm busy this evening she's like but you have to be clear and I said I said okay but like but if I'm busy I'm busy like my my siblings can be like I'm busy and they leave and you don't really you don't really inquire about the specifics you know mm-hmm. and I was like cool and uh, she said so what time are you coming back and I said like this again like like it just you know you just get irritated mm-hmm. And, you know, and then she was just calling. Anyway, so, yeah, we're not talking right now. And it's literally the same things over and over again. Um, again, my dad would 
you know, as much as I love him, he did, I, I would even classify it as just verbal abuse, really, um, where they just go ham and they just like completely shame me and scare me and, and say, you're destroying this and you're destroying that. And what have we done and where have we failed? And you're, you're going to, you're, you, you know, you're stressing us out and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I've done all of this for you and I've crossed countries and continents and, you know, the whole, um, the whole, we came as refugees. So obviously it's like a, it's a big story. Um, but it's kind of like used as, as a, as, as an element in their argument that you need to play the role right now or else. And I, you know, I got told that I was wearing, I was wearing something the other day and I thought it was cute, <laughs> but my dad um, just threw the biggest tantrum and then came to the conclusion. He was like, from now on, like you are, you know how to dress. So you're going to dress exactly how you're supposed to. Um, do we agree on this matter? And I just said, yes, because he wasn't obviously going to leave my room if I said no. <laughs> um, so it's these kind of situations in which they're upping up their, their, um, their, I wouldn't say punishment, but because it's not like they can really punish me. They have, they have tried, um, you know, break, threatening to break my staff or, um, grounding me from the things that I, I I play basketball. So they'll be like, don't go to basketball this week. Yeah. (laughs) Because of X, Y, Z, um, don't wear your shorts. Don't, don't wear this. Don't wear that. And it's, it's just too much, you know, yes. And like, you just get to the point where you're like, hello, I'm an adult like it, it like this is this is this is getting a bit crazy and because I think my parents live in a bubble as well we don't we don't have uncles and aunts living here yeah in some way I'm so privileged not to have a surveillance society around me like I don't have like an uncle down like like the borough who's like you know who I can bump into I don't have anyone I can like bump into but that just kind of reinforces this idea of like who's actually watching me when they say when they're so worried it's like who is actually out here in this country literally no one know about me no one needs to know about me dad mom like no one like even if i moved out like why would your friends out of nowhere be like so where does but where does she live now you know where does she live now and you don't have to say she lives in an apartment with her friends do you know like no one fundamentally needs to know and again it goes back to what you were saying it's simply about um control and dominance and and I know some people think control is like a big thing. Like we think of control, we think of like a, I don't know, like an authoritarian dictator in like some third world country, but no. <laughs> Micro-controlling behaviours happen. Sorry, go on. No, I said it's as simple as what you're saying now. Yeah, these micro stuff happen and they build up. They build up. And I, and I said outside, like when I'm at work, when I'm at my friends, I'm this incredible like women do you know what I'm saying mm. I know who I am I dress I'm I'm just phenomenal like I really believe I have that self-assured confidence you know I'm a woman of luxury I'm a woman of genuine confidence yeah I'm home and I come to the small room that I share with my teenage sister and I'm expected to just stay in, and I said to my dad I'm not going to be here till I'm 30 like I'm 25 now I can't be I can't imagine still being here in 20 28 and my sister's 17 and we share a small room and and I'm and obviously I'm collecting stuff like I'm a collector like I collect antiques I collect artwork I don't I don't have anywhere to put them I have 300 books I there are stuff is on the floor you know my sister's grappling with her teenage identity she doesn't have anywhere she can put her stuff in the small room we share a bunk bed it's like I have the means to make my life a bit more easier and to have space and to do yoga in the morning, yeah. <laughs> like to, to invite my friends over for dinner and mm-hmm. cook on something. These-
want to do for myself, I can't. And I wish I could do them. And it's these small little things that I know would make my life so much more wholesome. And I genuinely think my relationship with my parents will become better once we have that space and that distance. Honestly. And they're always threatening me with, sorry, I know we're ending now, but I just want to add this. They're always saying, you know, are you not afraid to lose us? Are you not afraid for us? But it's like, are you not afraid to lose me? Yeah. What about me? Are you not afraid to lose me? Like, you can go all on and on and on with your rules and your punishment and your threats and you're just going to simply push me away and I don't want that to happen so again with the cost of living crisis and being rehoused and again I don't want to move to a place that's less than my family home as well yeah I can't I don't know how we'll grapple with that like to live in a place where I'll have issues with the landlord or the flatmates or something like that like if I move out I want to move out properly like I want to move out with dignity yeah, you know, I want to live in a place of dignity, you know. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so I guess I don't really have a conclusion, but this, <laughs> this is the, the situation. <laughs> no, honestly, and um, I think the last part when you said um, having that space will give you the time and that you both, you all need, separation is so important mm-hmm. healing. And I can genuinely say that being away from my family and living in my own space has made me have a better relationship with them. Thank you. That's so reassuring. I don't think I would be as cool with my dad as I am now if we lived in the same household because I would just continue resenting him. Mm -hmm. I would not want to be there because I'm being forced to be there. And it just now we all respect each other the the boundaries makes it that if we talk we actually want to talk to each other not because we're being forced to talk to each other and I can go home and see them when I want and if I'm there and I'm not happy I can pack my bags and come home to my own place so I genuinely feel like that whole distance and space amazing 10 out of 10 and it makes so much sense that I actually think that whole saying like is it distance makes the heart grow fonder it actually is true because sometimes I'm there like oh my god I miss my dad's cooking that guy can't even cook but I'll be there like missing his food (laughs) So, so I pray like inshallah like you get to that point and all the other eldest daughters that are in the same situation are able to find a space and somewhere that they can find peace and happiness because your home at the end of the day is supposed to be the place where you're relaxed and happy and not be walking on eggshells around people so I hope that that comes for you guys so we have a rapid fire round if you're up for it like I've got three questions that I'm gonna ask you on eldest daughter life and we're just gonna bang him out so first of all if you had to change your birth order would you and what would it be oh i'll still i think i'll still be oldest daughter yeah you know what everyone people are sticking to their role you know no i'm 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 trailblazer i don't know like i every time i'm like why am i in this position i'm like no allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the strength yeah these ways like i i'm the one that he's 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 um selected i've got the strength in me to do this i'm i'm so happy to be a woman to be an oldest daughter it's a gift yeah 
Oh, girl, you're getting me emotional, man. <laughs> Honestly, like, every time I read feminist praxis and I just think of how incredible women are, I'm yeah. thinking, I'm happy I'm a woman. And then, yes, the older daughter is horrific sometimes, but mm. if it's not for me, like, who else is going to do it? Like, I'm so, I'm so happy that it's me. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Um, what's your favorite thing about being an eldest daughter? Because we we kind of talk about the negatives a lot, but do you have any positive things about being an eldest daughter? Um, I, I'm not too sure. I think no, not maybe there is, but I can't think of them right now. But maybe it's just like just being the eldest daughter. It's like it's the hardest job, but but you make it work. I think I'm. I think I will be able to make it work. I think yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm happy. I get this opportunity to change things for my. If I wasn't the eldest daughter, would I? Would I still break this generational sort of curse? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's true. If I was the youngest daughter, maybe my I'll be like my mom and just raise my kids the same way. But no, I'm the oldest daughter. So I think I'm thinking to the future. I think I think this will be if I ever have kids. Um, no, that, that's a good point. great mom. I think. I never thought about it like that. And um, last question, if you have any advice for eldest daughters on how they can reject the role, what would it be? And distance themselves from all the pressures and responsibilities and just live their lives. I think I think differentiating between your identity and the duty, you know, mm-hmm. I think you are you are beyond the housework and being the eldest daughter you are your own person fundamentally and I think once you reach I don't have the answer to that because I'm still Mm -hmm. grappling with it I think every single person in the family has a duty and the only way we can all perform our duties is if everybody does perform their duties so it'll be hard to do that and I think even if I withdrew my labor from the house unfortunately it will end up on my mum and mm-hmm. that's already heartbreaking in itself. I don't really have the solution to that. Exactly. But I think find out the woman you are outside of your family, outside of these identities that you have been brought up with. Yeah. And you'll be able to maintain a balance. Even if the balance isn't maintained consistently, you'll still have something to fall back on once you realize you're not the housework, you're not the oldest child, you're not the expectations that have been thrown on you. Um, you're simply like a woman outside of all of that and I think find out find find that out you know spend the rest of your life finding that out if you have to <laughs> exactly amazing thank you for those um yeah thank you so much for joining me I really enjoyed um talking to you about Likewise. your um your experience and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to um the experiences as well and um yeah thank you and hopefully guys i will be back next week hope you have a great week ahead and say no to someone today that's your like one homework go and say no to someone just be walking around and saying no randomly to people (laughs) anyway thank you for this opportunity um and good luck to all the oldest girls out there exactly thank you thank you very much bye guys